Well, I would like to share a message that I feel the Lord has given to me recently. I want to share on hope, having hope. It's always been important to have hope. However, it seems in recent times there's even more need. Seems like there's more crisis, there's more darkness, and we and the world needs hope. The world is continually becoming more and more uh, wicked, more and more against the ways of God. Various laws being passed in different places. I'm sure we're aware. And we can have this attitude, and I do have it sometimes, like, Lord, you know, how, what is happening? Well, how much worse can it get? And I hesitate to ask that, because it's getting darker and darker. And yet we know that our God has prophesied these things. It's not a surprise to him. And so we need hope And I think that's a conflict that we have that we are spiritual beings, but we're also very natural, very physical beings. And so we're subjected to things here on earth, and yet that should not be our focus. We need to be people of hope. At one of the churches that I ministered at, actually, um, his picture was shared in the slides, Bearings, Malambia. When you stand up at his church, in the back, there is, they have their, the, the denomination like logo, and then they have the, uh, the motto. I'm trying, I don't know if I'm getting this exactly right from memory, but it's something like a place of hope, people of promise. Something to that effect. And it, it always sticks with me whenever I'm at his church and it's there. And, and we do need to be a people of hope, that we have God's hope. It's not, we'll, we'll get into this, we'll look at it. It's not just uh, hope that is based upon nothing, but it's based upon God Almighty, whose children we are. Amen. So I think as Christians, to shine the light to the unsaved, for those searching for answers, we've probably not had a better time, at least way in, in my lifetime, than now with so much chaos and crisis and, and, and anxiety. I think the opportunity is there. And so may we be vessels that are filled with God's hope and able to share that with others. In the Bible, when I looked at the word hope, looked at the definitions, turns out it's one of those words that has a lot of different meanings. And so as I share, maybe I'll, I'll bring out some and then look at some things and, and then later on bring out different meanings. But the first one I want to mention, meanings for the word hope, it means accord as an attachment, means expectancy, to live or the thing that is longed for. And I know you're going to think why I've come to this conclusion, but that to me speaks of a baby with an umbilical cord connected to the mother. 
But that needs to be us connected to our Heavenly Father. That hope needs to be that connection that we have, that cord, that expectancy, the thing that is longed for. We need to maintain our attachment to our Heavenly Father, to Jesus Christ, and to the Holy Spirit. And that's nothing new, nothing that is revelatory to you. Oh, yes, we need to have a good relationship with the Lord. But I think so many times in this life, we need to be reminded. And so I will ask, and in asking you, I I, I pose this question to myself, to every one of us. Are we reading and meditating upon God's word? Are we maintaining our daily prayer time? It sounds so simple. It is. It is so simple that many times that's the first thing to to be forgotten when we feel the pressure. And so let us take stock and, and check because if we are not maintaining that connection, we are cutting ourselves off from hope. So I would suggest that not only pray for our needs, and I'm finding these days there's, there's more than ever to pray about. But focus on the needs of others as well, what they're going through, upcoming, um, whether it's health problems or discouragements or despondencies. So pray for ourselves, yes, but also to remember to pray for others. In the book of Job, there are a number of verses that talk about hope. And I feel like it's possible he meant certain things when he wrote it, but Uh, I can take some verses, and there are also other things that we can glean. So I want to go now to Job chapter 11, and I want to read verses 18 through 20. Job 11, 18 through 20. And thou shalt be secure, because there is hope. Yea, thou shalt dig about thee, and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. Also thou shalt lie down, and none shall make thee afraid. Yea, many shall make suit unto thee. But the eyes of the wicked shall fail, and they shall not escape, and their hope shall be as the giving up of the ghost. So hope brings a security in our lives. Hope that is real. Hope that we have in the Lord. It can, it can ground us. It brings a security in our lives. Thou shalt be secure because there is hope. Hallelujah. He has created us and he loves us. And he declares in his word that he's not willing that any should perish. Yes, we know many do, but it's not his choosing. It hurts. He hurts. And he hurts more than we do with the things that we face and the things that others go through. So I get this idea of, now, when you use an illustration, the problem is some people relate to it and others don't. This is not a very good illustration for my wife, but if you like camping, camping often involves a tent. And when you erect a tent, most usually the tent is set up in a certain way where you have a a string, a rope, or whatever it is, holding it up from one direction, but that's, that's not it. It's held up from all angles, and that, that is a support structure, right, for the tent. 
And so I get this idea with hope, like we need to have hope in the character of God. We need to have hope in how he has helped us and delivered us in the past. And if we are hard-pressed to remember, maybe we should just pause and think about that through the years, how he has gotten us out of spots where we thought was impossible, spots where we said, Lord, how am I ever going to survive this? And like the various cords or ropes from different angles that hold that tent up. There's that security when we remember the different aspects of God and how he has helped us and what we've seen him do in our lives and in our friends' lives and in the church. Okay, the, that, the last part of that first verse there, I'm trying to pick up this next point here, it's talking about rest, and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. And this is connected to this thought of hope. And I believe that this is certainly one of those things that applies to us naturally and spiritually. Um, we know that the natural and the spiritual is linked. And as human beings, we have energy to go for so long, but we then need to rest and recharge. And the same is true spiritually. And so, you know, if you're facing a lot and you're discouraged, check and see that you're getting enough rest in both measures, both naturally and both spiritually. But through hope, he wants to restore us. He wants to refresh us and give us a rest, a, a new um, vigor to take on the next day or the next thing that we're facing. You know, we're not able, I'm sure, to live completely stress-free but we need to do what we can. We need to, you know, be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And he might say, maybe clear out some on your schedule or, you know, just take that time to, to recharge. Resting naturally and giving our situation to God. You know, maybe if you're a visual person, then, then visualize taking that thing, that burden to the Lord and, and removing it from off your shoulders and laying it down at his feet. But do what it takes to, to get the rest, to, to have that hope in him. There's this phrase in these verses that I read, um, they shall suit unto thee. And that could also be rendered, they will seek your favor. So let me scroll back up there. None shall make thee afraid, yea, many shall suit unto thee. You know, they see you have something. They see that you are anchored and it's that hope that you have, and they, they seek your favor. They come and say, what, what is different about you? And we have that hope that we can share. Amen. Notice our uh, condition, whether, whether we're in the way of righteousness or if we're in the way of wickedness, our hope is based upon something. And I, I trust for all of us, our hope is based upon the true and living God, upon his eternal word that cannot fail and that he has never yet failed to fulfill one thing that he has spoken. Yes, there are things we look forward to that have not yet come to pass, but he will not fail, he cannot fail. And so as children of the light, is being in the family of God, that's what we base our hope on. It's not going to be about the news. It's not going to be politicians. It's not going to be uh, the next election. But our hope is in our Heavenly Father. Amen. So that makes it legitimate because that is a hope that is out of this world. It is a hope that is eternal. 
But if we're just focused on the natural things, if that's where our hope is, it comes and goes. It's, it's up and down. It's this roller coaster. It's not solid. It, if our hope is in natural things, it is null and void. But we place our hope in Almighty God. Amen. Something else that hope means is something waited for. Confidence. And then it gets a little interesting. A collection like water in a pond and gathering together. And it can also mean a caravan or drove. So I just said, Lord, what? But I believe that as I just contemplated these things, that he was giving me some thoughts here. We all understand that concept of waiting for something and having confidence. That's probably more what we would come up with for a definition of hope. But these other ones, <clears throat> well, let's take caravan or drove. If you're like me, probably you might think of um, a caravan of camels that are traversing through the wilderness. Now, when you think about the wilderness, that's not a very pleasant environment. It is, it is harsh and unforgiving. But if you are on that caravan, that's not your destination. You're passing through. Uh, I presume that you're going to uh, a city or a place of refuge. Um, you're going to an oasis. But your, your end goal isn't just the wilderness where there's only harshness. And so then it makes more sense when I think, okay, God and his word, this word hope, one of its definitions is this caravan. He wants hope to be the caravan. It's one of his camels that he wants us to take to his place, his, his destination, his place of blessing. And then this collection, a gathering together like uh, water in a pond. I began to consider in Scripture the things that uh, it talks about being collected. When God spoke to Abraham and he said, your descendants will have this land, I will give the Canaan to your descendants, but the time is not yet ready, I'm greatly paraphrasing here, he said, because the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. That's in Genesis chapter 15, 16. I'm not reading that, just in case you were wanting that for your notes. So he was saying, you know, God saw the end from the beginning, and he said they're, they're adding iniquity to iniquity, and so generations from now, I will judge them, and I'm going to bring Abraham, your descendants, in and give them this land. Um, in Psalm 56, verse 8, he talks about collecting our tears in his bottle. That's Psalm 56, verse 8. Um, Revelation chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. Revelation 8, 1 through 5. Talking about the prayers that ascend to the throne of God. And then in Revelation 15, and verse 7. Revelation 15, verse 7, it's talking about the end time judgments come when the seven vials are full of God's wrath. And so, again, the connection there is I just briefly mentioned these different things. It's this thought of certain things in, in Scripture, according to God, that there's this measure that needs to be filled up. So going back to this, this thought of hope, it can mean like a collection of waters, like a pond, you know, that 
that starts to make sense to me, where God wants me to, to live a life of hope and is like I'm hoping in these, his character, I'm hoping in his word. You know, there's, there's different layers, and it's a collecting together of hope that brings more and more strength, more and more grounding to my base in him. So let us add to our collection of hope, if I can say it that way, day by day, year after year, in various situations. We know that God loves the backslider, and yet I think we could say we hardly have seen restoration in this area. We probably could think of a lot of people who fall under that category of being backslidden, but we haven't seen a lot of restoration in that area. And yet, you know, God's word says he's married to the backslider. You're probably familiar with that verse. I don't have it in my notes. And that his heart is for them and that, you know, he, he speaks comfor- comfortably to them and he woos them. He has a heart for the prodigal. And yet, it doesn't seem like that's something that we're seeing fulfilled at this time, but we want to have a hope for that. You see, I think probably every one of us in our, our family or friends, we probably have those who we would consider backslidden, and they need a meeting with God. And when you think about it in the natural, you know, it doesn't look good. They, they like their lives. They like where they're at. But that's where we need to have hope in God and what he says about the backsliders. So on that hand, you know, we're closer now than ever to God doing a work of restoration. And I I realize you can say, well, yes, we are today, and that may carry on for, for years beyond our lifetime. But I think that's the wrong way to look at it, but say, Lord, our hope is in you. Our hope is in you. We have nothing else, and our hope is in you, and you do not fail. I want to consider Job chapter 14 now, verses 7 through 9. Job 14, 7 through 9. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth... And the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. And sometimes we are that cut down tree, or sometimes the the cut down tree, we could say, is a situation. But here in these verses is saying it can live again. And you're probably all familiar with um, this happening in nature, where a certain kind of tree has been cut down, but through that stump, through the roots, whatever is left in the ground or maybe just a little bit above the ground, it comes back again. Actually, there are certain trees that they grow like that. I think it's uh, eucalyptus. They tend to do that a lot within Africa. They let them get to a certain size that they can use, cut them down, and uh, sure enough, they, they start growing again. And I'm sure a good number of other trees are like that. God has caused them to be like that. And here Job you know, mentions that in these verses. But we can apply that in spiritual ways. We can apply that to our lives or to situations where something is like, uh, we feel like it's a tree that has been cut off and seemingly there's no hope, but it can sprout again. 
I would remind us of that valley of dry bones in Ezekiel um, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. I, I won't go there, but just remind us of that. It's a similar thought there. These bones had been living. They had life flowing through them at one point in the past, but now they're just they're scattered abroad. They're not even connected to the, the skeleton, to the body that they were with. But if you know that passage, you know, God speaks a word through his prophet and the wind comes, the wind of the Holy Spirit, and it brings life to those bones. And they, they reattach, they reconnect, and he raises up an army. And that's what God wants to do in our lives, in the situations, the discouragements, the despondency, whether it's you personally or someone you, you're holding before the Lord, whatever it is, he wants to give us hope that he brings bone to bone and he raises up his living army that goes forth to do his work. Some other definitions of hope means to wait, to be patient, to cause or to make to hope. Stay, trust, it even means be pained, be pained. And the point I want to pick up here is the point of being caused or made to hope. You know, God is our source of hope. So we can actually feel completely deflated and still cry out to God for hope. We, we might not even feel it. That's, that's my encouragement for us. Say, Lord, I know I should hope in you, but I'm not feeling it. But cry out. And he knows. So just be honest with him and cry out for his hope to, to come into those situations, into your lives. And yes, honestly, but even by definition there, it's painful to be pained is, is part of hope. But we need to stay in the place where God has put us. Stay in that place where God has led us up to that point. Because our tendency is to think, oh, well, you know, back so many um, weeks ago or, or whatever, it wasn't like this. You know, maybe since that time I, I've gone off. But if God has led us to that point and we're saying it's, it's worse now than it was before, be assured that he has led you there in that and he wants to do a work in us. Of course, if, we, if the Holy Spirit makes it clear to us that we're not where we should be, that's different. That's a different matter. We want to repent and, and get where we need to be. I'd like to read Psalm chapter 16, verses 8 and 9. Psalm 16, verses 8 and 9. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. But the key is that he has set the Lord always before him. My heart is glad, my glory rejoices, my flesh shall rest in hope. A couple of other things that this word hope can, can mean. One is fatness, and another is loin. And in scripture, in the spiritual sense, fatness can represent health. We get that verse in Psalm 92, Verse 14 talks about, I think that's there, talking about the trees of the Lord being, being fat and flourishing. You know, there's that sense of, of health for fatness. Um, of course, in the uh, 
and the dreams that God was given to, to Pharaoh and, and Joseph interpreted them. The fat cows were the healthy ones and the, the fat stalks of grain were the healthy ones. So there's that thought of, of health. So spiritually, our, our health, we could say, is connected to our hope. So we have very low hope. We might spiritually not be doing so well, might be a bit sick spiritually, but God wants to increase that and spiritually make us fat, not naturally. And then loin, of course. Um, we could just say loin is, that could be like the center of our being, the core of our being. So God wants to bring his, his hope, his health, his healing into us, into the very center of our being. Psalm 78, verses 7 and 8. Psalm 78, verses 7 and 8. That they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. It sounds very straightforward here, but consider this point here by contrasting um, the rest of Israel with Joshua and Caleb. After all of the continual miracles for years on end, God provided for his people and brought them through the wilderness. When it came time to bring them into the promised land, Joshua and Caleb are the ones saying, God is with us and we are well able, let's go up. But the whole rest of the nation of Israel were complaining and saying, no, he, he can't help us. We won't win. We will be overcome. It's kind of like the spiritual um, question, is the glass half empty or half full? Many would say that Goliath was too big to hit, but David's attitude in the Lord was he's too big to miss. Hope can mean expectation. It means also to scrutinize by watching, to expect, usually with pleasure. A couple of verses that are saying very similar things. Psalm 119, verse 81, and then Psalm 130, verse 5. 119, 81. 130 verse 5, my soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. So hoping in God's word includes everything that he's written inside of it. There's promises in there, and I've read the Bible over and over again, and I think all of us can testify, if, if you're in that case as well, you can be reading the Bible through, hopefully again this year, we're going through it again. And there's, there's new things, there's fresh things. That's, that's the power of this living um, book that we have that's separate from all other books in this universe. It has got the Spirit of God upon it. And he can quicken, it can be a word, a phrase, a verse, a passage, whatever it is, no matter how many times we've read it and possibly never noticed it or, or have noticed it, but... He can breathe something upon it anew and afresh for us for today. His promises are there. His miraculous events are recorded there. And so much more that we can just allow that to, to saturate into our 
our spirits to bring up that level of hope in him. So I encourage us to dig into the word when we are feeling discouraged, depressed, or despondent. You know, many times that's the first thing we want to to lay aside. For three days now, God hasn't spoken one thing to me. Well, that's fine. The fourth day, just, just continue to be faithful in that. He wants to speak to you and he wants to open up your spirit and fill you with his hope. It pleases God when we place our hope in him. Psalm 147, verse 11. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. So I'd like to drop down now and read some verses from Romans. And this is talking about Abraham. Romans chapter 4. I'll read verses 17 through 21. And we could say that Here, Abraham becomes the father of many nations through hope. Romans 4, 17 to 21, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which uh, which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And it, was, it wasn't just against the odds. It was a complete miracle for uh, Abraham and, and Sarah, especially, I guess, um, for her to get pregnant and to have Isaac. But God declared it, and in his timing, he brought it to pass. But it, it took time. It took years from the time that God started meeting with Abraham and and leading him from his situation, leading him on and step by step in that relationship. It wasn't God spoke to him and the following day it was accomplished. And we could go on and on, but for the sake of time, let me just briefly mention um, King David and his Ziklag experience. I guess it was before he was king. David and his Ziklag experience. He was camped there in while they went out, the enemy came and took uh, all of their wives, all of their sons and their daughters, took every person that was there at Ziklag in that town, village, whatever, and then they burned it. And when they came back, it was so discouraging. And then you have all of those people that had been with David, and they, they talk about stoning him. But, you know, David encouraged himself in the Lord. And we see that pattern in his life. You know, he says, and it's a verse that's repeated in in different ways. Uh, Why, soul, why are you cast down? Hope in God, I shall yet praise him. And so, I just want to leave that with every one of us. I believe now than ever, more than ever, sorry, that we need to be people of hope. God's people of hope. So do what it takes, whether it's looking back to how God has helped you in the past, uh, stay in his word, not just reading it, but then 
please make sure to take the time to meditate on it. So take that extra time to say, Holy Spirit, how are you applying this? What, what do you want to speak to me? And, and build me up in hope, Lord. Remind me of, of how you've spared me, of how you've directed me, and how you've provided for me. Amen? God bless you.